I've really learned through those experiences that things are going to happen, right, on on your travels. And you just, you got to roll with it. You got to do as best you can. You got to do as much research as you can, but also you can't live in fear. You can't be always be anxious that something bad is going to happen or that you shouldn't do an activity in a, in a different country. Like I was totally blaming myself, whereas I, I should have just, you know, taken a step back and, you know, appreciated the experience uh, and potentially the injury. Welcome to the Travel Not to Escape podcast. I'm your host, Jelene on the go, solo female traveler and creative entrepreneur. Think of me as your skydive instructor, empowering you to take the leap into solo travel to push past your fears and transform your life. Join me every Tuesday as we explore the world of solo travel with purpose and discover how you can use it for your personal transformation, learn how to make meaningful connections around the world, and reignite your spirit of play. We aren't just talking about traveling to find ourselves anymore. We're all about doing the work to understand who we authentically are, breaking through our limiting beliefs, and taking the leaps to manifest lives we are excited about. Through interviews, solo episodes, and meditations, each episode is packed with practical tips, strategies, and inspiring stories from guests who have transformed their lives through solo travel. Whether you're a seasoned traveler or just starting out on your journey, the Travel Not to Escape podcast is here to inspire and empower you to solo travel with purpose. Strap on your helmet. We're about to jump headfirst into the journey of a lifetime. Are you ready? Let's go. Welcome, navigators, to today's episode of Travel Not to Escape. I'm so excited to have my guest on today. Her name is Eleanor, and we are going to be chatting about her story of solo travel transformation. She's also the owner of Elevate Your Escapes, where she helps people plan trips, shares itineraries, practical tips, and trusted resources, as well as her vetted recommendations to inspire your own travels. And I have her on today because I love that she believes in the power of travel to enrich our lives and broaden our perspectives. And so we're going to be chatting about travel planning and how to travel with purpose. Um, and just as a background, she and I actually connected through a WhatsApp group for 30-something travelers. And uh, again, it's it's just showing that like she's in New York right now. I'm in Bali. So proof that even when you're not actively on a trip, travel has the power to connect people. I'm so excited and grateful to have you on here today. Welcome, Eleanor. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here too. Yay, thanks. And before we dive into your background and travels, I, I do have a question that I ask everyone to start. And that is, what was your favorite childhood activity? I loved to play outside with my neighbors. You know, I would run up and down our block and we would do all sorts of activities outside. And, you know, I really love being in the sunshine, spending time with others. Um, you know, I really never wanted to come inside at the end of the day. <laughs> yeah. And was it just the running around and, and the kind of being in your body and the movement or like the being outside and, and kind of the exploration aspect of that or maybe discovering something new? Like what, uh, what about being outside really like? spoke to you. Yeah, I I think it was one just fresh air and having more space to explore and you know do activities. But I think also the second part of it is playing with other children. I'm an only child, so you know I did spend a lot of time by myself when I was younger, so it was always really enjoyable for me to get outside and actually not only play with other children, but talk to all of my neighbors. Uh, you know, I, I would talk to all of the older women on the block and basically anyone who would talk to me. That's interesting. I, I always love asking this question because it's there's 
it's a good way to get to know someone too, because then you see some parallels in their life. And as we were chatting earlier, I mean, you host the New York community for under 30 experiences. So it's interesting that like that thread of connecting with other people, uh, being outside doing things and, and getting to know other people is still is still present in your life. Totally. You know, I love being out and about and connecting with others. I'm a total extrovert. And like I said, you know, I'll talk to anyone who will talk to me. So, you know, I love meeting new people along my journeys. Is that, um, so let's dive into your background. Like, let's start from the beginning. Can you tell me a little bit about where you're from and how you started solo traveling? Sure. So I'm from Brooklyn, New York. Um, I'm a city kid. I grew up in the city and now I live right across the water in New Jersey. It's kind of a nice balance between a more quiet area, but also having access to all of the amazing things New York City has to offer, you know, things to do, cultural experiences, restaurants. I absolutely love to eat. So, you know, I'm constantly looking for foodie recommendations, new street eats, you know, whatever I can. So I lived in upstate New York for a while, and then I moved back down to the city and uh, have been really traveling a lot since around 2019. Before that, I was working at a more demanding job. You know, I did live upstate New York, which was harder to jump on a plane and go somewhere, especially at a more affordable price. And at that point in my life, I really couldn't afford to travel based on my income and based on the demands of the job I was working at. And then after that, I went to business school. So, you know, I think that was really transformative in shaping my entrepreneurial journey, um, teaching me a lot about business, um, about entrepreneurship, about networking, being scrappy, but yet impactful. And then I started working at a marketing agency where I still currently am, um, and that's afforded me a lot of flexibility to not only travel for work at some points, but has afforded me a lot of flexibility in my remote work that has enabled me to travel pretty often. And prior to that, were you traveling traveling primarily for work, and that's when you started solo travel, or... Did you do any travels prior to that? I did some travels with friends. Um, I grew up traveling a lot of Florida trips. I have family down there, Disney trips, Caribbean trips. And then I went to Europe for the first time when I was 18. I did a summer study session in Florence. I loved it. But at the time, I don't think I had the confidence to go out on my own. And, you know, I'm always in awe of some of the young women that I meet traveling on their own at 18, 19, because that is not something I ever thought of doing. But in 2019, I had gone on a few Europe trips with friends and family. And then I came upon a group travel company because I had a strong interest in travel, but it was really tough for my friends to take time off of work, pay for travels. It just wasn't at the top of their priority list, which it was at the top of mine. So I came upon a group travel company and you know, I, I was pretty nervous about it. I read everything that they had to yeah. offer <laughs> on their website 
every FAQ, every social post, you know, that I could, you know, get through. And then, you know, hundreds of reviews. I did all of my research and then I took the leap. So at the very end of 2019 in December, uh, that was good timing for me. Yeah. I, uh, yeah. I, <laughs> I went to Costa Rica with a group and then I added on some time after the group trip to um, venture off on my own solo. I rented a car and I drove oh, wow. across the country. Yeah. I drove from <laughs> Manuel Antonio to Tamarindo, yeah. which a seasoned traveler probably wouldn't do, but you know, I, I didn't know what I didn't <laughs> know at the time. Um, yeah. It was a long trip on New Year's Day. Yeah. I will say wow. there were a lot of drinks had with the group the night before. <laughs> so that was it was a little bit of a painful experience in that drive, but it taught me a lot. And you know, it really was such a life changing experience for me. Yeah, I've I've been on that same trip. I think uh, in Costa Rica, I've been to Manuel Antonio as well as um, La Fortuna, and that is insane because I know that road and it's very windy and it's very long and there's not much in between. So that's insane that you drove all the way. <laughs> you know, I was just I was so excited to be there, and I had done you know long drives on my own going to school upstate, living upstate, coming back to the city, obviously so different. But, you know, I think I was, like I said, really excited to be there, excited to see and do as much as I could, but also, you know, really proud of myself for taking that leap and and going off on my own, doing all the research and, you know, really proving to myself that, I could travel on my own successfully. And what was the the biggest difference between going from that group trip to to being on your own? Like how did you feel what what did you learn in the the difference between the two? Yeah. So at first I was really nervous to go on the group trip, right? Because the group pairs you with someone else to share a room mm-hmm. with, you know, yeah. all of the <laughs> worst case scenario type of things were were floating around in my head, you know, just just general anxiety about it. But I also felt very taken care of in the group setting. Um, The leader we had was incredible. He was a really funny guy. And he made me feel comfortable from the very start. You know, the company picks you up at the airport, and they drive you everywhere in the van. They provide meals for you, or they tell you where to eat. They provide optional experiences. So I felt really taken care of, and I've always felt very taken care of on on group trips, and especially because you join and you don't have to worry about anything. So going off on my own, you know, by then I was more confident because the the group portion had gone so well. And, you know, I, I did that long drive. There were, you know, some things always challenges, right? On on any trip, you're going to encounter challenges. At one point, there was a roadblock and um, the police were doing just checks. And, you know, that made me kind of nervous because I was driving in a country that I wasn't familiar with. I didn't yeah. know why they were doing the checks. That They were very sweet. And, you know, there was a little bit of a language barrier, but they told me they were looking for bad guys. That was not me. So I let me on, on my way. And then... Actually, before that even happened, when I went to pick up the car, I didn't realize that I would have to specifically order 
an automatic oh, rental yeah. car, right? Because there are manual cars and they're, you know, more much more common in other countries than they are in the US. And I never learned to drive stick shift. So the rental car agency told me that they didn't have an automatic. As it turns out, they did. And they did give me that car, but that was particularly stressful. Um, and then once I got to Tamarindo, I went for a surfing lesson and ended up hurting my ankle, to which I was asking myself why I would ever do something that I wouldn't do at home, surfing, <laughs> in a far off country in my mind, right? Costa Rica this is my first big trip. And I was really, really nervous that I had hurt myself and it was my driving foot. And I did oh, have a five hour drive back to the airport. So again, all of the worst case scenarios are flooding my mind. And you know, I've I've really learned through those experiences that things are gonna happen, right? On on your travels. And you just you gotta roll with it. You gotta do as best you can, you gotta do as much research as you can, but also you can't live in fear. You can't be always be anxious that something bad is going to happen or that you shouldn't do an activity in a in a different country. Like I was totally blaming myself, whereas I I should have just, you know, taken a step back and, you know, appreciated the experience uh, and potentially the injury for for what it was for. Luckily, you know, it wasn't too bad, but you know, I think becoming more of a seasoned traveler has taught me that. And how did you get through those challenges while you were in it? Like, did you did you have someone to call? Did you just work through it on your own? Like, that's a really anxiety provoking type of situation potentially. And it's like, how do you navigate that when you're when you're there and having to make some fast decisions? Yeah, that's that's a good point. I mean, the the rental car scenario, I did navigate on my own. I would say I'm a pretty direct person and, you know, I could kind of tell there was, I don't know if I should call it shady business, but I think there was some lying going on, um, you know, the the desk. And by the way, this was Christmas week, so it was high season oh, yeah. in Costa Rica. But I could tell by the questions that the service agents were asking me about uh, where I was going and if I had a hotel booked and if I really needed to be there. That really clued me in to, you know, the fact that they were lying a bit. And then my small ankle injury, I, I was actually ten, uh, texting a friend who's a physician who was telling me, you know, keep it elevated, get some ice, which the resort I was at was so kind to me, provided me with ice. And honestly, you know, it, it, my ankle did swell up quite a bit, but you know, nothing, nothing was seriously wrong. And, you know, I was able to walk on it and get around by myself. Um, but, you know, totally recognizing that situations like that could potentially be worse. And we, we should try to plan ahead, you know, and think about, you know, something even as simple as what's the emergency number in the country I'm going to, right? Because it's not 911 everywhere. Or, you know, if we don't turn on our cell phones in a foreign country, what would we do in an emergency? Where is the nearest hospital? I know for, for some people and myself included, I have one food allergy. So, it's helpful to learn how to tell, you know, people at restaurants or uh, eateries that you have an allergy in the local language or to, you know, I know some people carry like cards of the photos of, you know, the food that they might be allergic to or have a sensitivity to. 
Yeah, no, that's that's a fair point. And, and, and with all these things, it's like you're going to have to do these in your home country anyway, um, but they're just more given. Like it's it's just, you know, an easier structure because you're used to it. And the only difference in a new country is you just have to get used to or you have to do the research around where is the nearest hospital? How do I get emergency assistance if I need it? Um, so not impossible, but definitely the the pre-planning, I think, um, that you hit on is is important to, to set yourself up for success. Absolutely. I think, you know, for any solo traveler, research is key. You know, sometimes it's fun to go places with, with very little research. And I've shown up in other countries with no hotels booked and planned. And, yeah. <laughs> you know, I give my mom a lot of stress when I do that. But you know, as long as you have the skills and, you know, the the know-how to figure out that everything will be okay and to find your way, it's it's really crucial. And after you got back from that Costa Rica trip, like, did you, did you feel different? The, did you make any other changes in your life? Did you continue solo traveling after that as well? I did. I would say, you know, that experience in Costa Rica really changed my life. I could not wait to go on more group trips. And, you know, I'm still friends with some of the women I met on that trip. And I've traveled with them since and have upcoming travel with them. So I could not wait to travel more. Unfortunately, we all know what happened in early 2020. So that sort of took a backseat for a while. But after that, I started traveling with groups without groups, with friends. You know, I've, I've gone to many different um, countries and, and cities on my own since then. And I've also been able to take extended time of way away, you know, leaving for a month or, or more, which, you know, if you had asked me in 2019, if I could ever do that, the answer would be no, I didn't know that that was possible or even something that I would be really interested in doing. Yeah, and 2020 shook a lot of things up for for everyone. And I think that was one of the major things is remote work and, and giving us all the ability to realize the importance of life. And it's like, how do you really want to live your life? Do you want to continue in the same job, in the same you know structure that you were in when we kind of went through this, this global pandemic together? How else? So... You came back from Costa Rica. You kind of had a bit of a pause from from the pandemic, and then started doing a little bit more traveling. I, I so I wonder if you know what drives the travel for you specifically. Like what what pushes you to go on the trip or uh, have that craving to to travel. I think it's my natural curiosity. I love exploring and seeing new cities seeing the historical sites that I've read about and have heard about. But it's also, you know, the local experiences, meeting new people, eating local food. I'm a huge foodie. I love to eat. So food tours and things are always something I sign up for, which by the way, food tours are so much fun for solo travelers because you're meeting many other people, oftentimes other solo travelers. And it's more of a relaxed situation. You know, maybe you're hopping from restaurant to restaurant or eatery to eatery, and you have some downtime to talk over wine. Whereas, you know, if you're on a walking tour, for example, you can certainly introduce yourselves to others, but you know, you're, you're listening to the guide for a large part of that. 
tour. Mm-hmm. Yeah, food tours are one of my favorite ways to to meet people because I think there's just this thing about connecting over food that's just so natural and like sharing that experience and and asking each other like, oh, do you like it? Do you not? Or like, oh, have you tried this before? So yeah, that's a amazing tip. Let's dive in a little bit more into like the way that you travel. How how do you get that experience um, where you can connect more um, with the culture and uh, really get to know local people? Like how have you found um, in your travels that you're able to do that? So I am a big planner. I am a heavy researcher. So what I'll do before I go somewhere is that I will read blogs, especially from written by other people like me, other female solo travelers, usually younger, you yeah. know, looking for their insights. We would probably have similar budgets, similar interests. I've also read up on a lot of different forums. I've found that the typical people who engage on forums are a little bit older. So, you know, they, they do have a little bit of different tips to share, but you know, it's, it's also really great for me because, um, you know, I can flex my budget in certain areas and I will like food, whereas I like more affordable accommodations. I'm not going to be in my room. Right. So, you know, some of their recommendations are really great. I, have an amazing network of travelers within my circles. Like I mentioned, having been on other group trips and having met other travelers in those circles, a lot of people in those groups are also big planners and organized. Uh, I've seen some of my friends' spreadsheets and you know they're just kind of unbelievable the way that they have organized them down to every detail and even, you know, writing what they found on Yelp to be the best dish at a restaurant, things like that. And, you know, I'll just do as much research as I can. I'll plan it out. But also, you know, I've had trips where I haven't had the time to plan so far ahead. You know, one time, actually last year, I booked a trip on Wednesday to Europe and I left on Saturday. And while I had a general idea of what I was going to do, I didn't have the time to, you know, look up all the foodie places and make reservations and do things like that. So I also really enjoy um, going on free walking tours when I got to cities you know, I found that the guides on the free walking tours are are so passionate about what they do and really want to share the best of their cities with travelers. And they are great resources to find the best tips and tricks that, you know, many people probably wouldn't even know about. And then, you know, I just keep talking to others, other locals, but also other travelers. So when I go out and I'll meet other travelers and and the cities will talk about what they've done already, what they've liked, what they haven't liked. Did they get a great pastry at the bakery down the street? You know, there's, there's always opportunity to learn from people. Yeah. It's like your natural curiosity is kind of helping you navigate the world, navigate travel. So even if you're not doing the, the research online, you're doing the research in person as you're, as you're meeting people, which is really cool to see. Exactly. And yeah, and it gives you another perspective too of like, yes, you can plan everything out or you can use this strategy that pushes you a little bit more outside of your comfort zone because it's not always as easy to put yourself out there and ask people questions. But um, if that is more of your your tendency, that is something that you can do. I love that. Yeah. I found that 
people are, are, you know, like I mentioned, the guides, but even locals are so passionate about where they're from and the cities that they live in, the countries they live in, that they are really eager to share their recommendations with travelers, especially travelers who are visiting in, you know, a, a really enriching way, right? Adding to the places that we visit. Was there a particular city that you've been to that really was just that epitome for you of what, like being so welcomed and people being so helpful? Yeah, if I had to choose a city, it would be Athens. But, you know, I really would say Greece, you know, all in in some it was an amazing experience i've never experienced such incredible hospitality i went in september 2021 so you know the greek people were experiencing this long term um decline in tourism a severe economic hardship and they were so so thankful for travelers to come back and they express their thanks consistently, which they totally didn't need to do. But even outside of that, I just found that the people were so open and so caring, so hospitable and really excited to, again, have others experience their country, their food. I even, you know, I asked I was standing outside a restaurant one night and I was looking around and I was with another traveler um, in my group. We had met up before the whole group was there and I was looking for a stand with water bottles. And this man who was taking a break from working at the restaurant we had eaten at asked us what we were looking for and we asked him if he knew where there was a stand for we could buy water. And he walked us all the way down the block, around the corner to show us where the local convenience store was. And I couldn't believe that the the genuine care for people he didn't even know, you know, he could have just also told us where the stand was, but he walked us all the way there and it was just so kind. Yeah. That is really kind. Also, the streets in Greece, though, like if you look on a map, there none of them are straight and half of them aren't on the map. So I also understand. He's like, you know what? I'm going to walk them. <laughs> that <laughs> is like, true. Get lost. <laughs> sure. Yeah. I, I know what you're talking about, especially, you know, downtown Athens in the center yeah. of it all. <laughs> yeah. You're like, I think. And everything literally like that, that, um, that phrase of like, it's Greek to me, like it's literally in Greek. Like you can't understand what the letters even say. Like, yeah, it's, it's hilarious how, how lost you can get in that city. So that's amazing that you were able to run into like very hospitable and welcoming people while in Athens. Were there any, as you're kind of traveling, were there any other cities that like speak to you in terms of like very life-changing experiences like you had mentioned Costa Rica was one of them um, were there any other locations in your travels that like changed something within you and and what was that change that happened yeah I think even my my trip to Greece was so life-changing for me you know taking my first big trip in late 2021 after you know so much stress and and chaos in 2020 and early 2021, you know, I was really not in the best place mentally um, coming out of that, but also I was feeling very unappreciated at work. I wasn't super happy in the way a relationship was going. So I 
took a leave of absence from my job. And luckily, you know, my job has very flexible policies around this to go to Europe for a full month. Um, And I started in Greece, which had always been my dream destination. You know, I'm a big water person. I love Greek food. You know, I'd seen the most incredible photos of Greece and I was so, so excited to go. I always dreamed of going there. And also, you know, coming out of spending a year at home, I had saved up a good amount of money to be able to travel. So, you know, I went and it totally exceeded my expectations. I, again, met the most amazing people um, within a group trip. After a group trip, I traveled on to Spain after Greece. And, you know, I didn't have a an official ticket to come home. And, you know, I was able to change my ticket a couple of times and stay longer. And that was my first huge trip. You know, it was a month and I had never, outside of sleepaway camp and, you know, other things, other study abroad or college, I had never been gone from home for that long. And, you know, the trip totally exceeded my expectations. I mean, mentally and emotionally, you know, with everything I was dealing with, there were highs and there were lows. You know, there were some moments that I felt very alone in my solo travels. And I, you know, really had to work up the energy to get out there and meet people and find other ways to interact. But, you know, the, all of the people I met, all of the other solo travelers, and it was great in Spain too, because a lot of people were kind of following the same path around Southern Spain. So, you know, people that I met in one city were likely, you know, a day behind me or a day ahead of me in another city. So I got to see them again, but that that whole travel experience was just truly life-changing and, and a really pivotal moment for me coming out of really tough times. And did you allow yourself during that trip to, to be able to sit in that alone period as well and, and process through some of the things that you're working through? Or I know sometimes there's that temptation of like, oh, let me just go out and, and kind of distract myself. Um, how did you balance, you know, working through some really tough things while having the distraction of travel at your fingertips. Sure. I did. And, you know, it was tough. I think um, some points were, were tougher than others, but, you know, I really had that time away from just, you know, the stressors of my everyday life, whether it was work or things at home, or like I mentioned, you know, what was going on in my relationship. It was really a great experience to be able to have that alone time and, you know, be totally on my own clock, right? Not have to worry about work and and things at all. But, you know, I was able to to get out and I, I was also careful not to get too far into my feelings that I wasn't experiencing or having a good time. So I was able to strike a healthy balance there. And what did it look like in your life when you came back from that trip? You know, a lot of the times I've gone through this myself, when you have like such a life-changing trip and you start to feel into your own and you're, you're meeting people and you're having a lot of fun, you're seeing amazing things. And then you go back and you have to face these problems had on, what was that process of transitioning back into your life like? I was definitely a lot more confident, but I will say 
a lot changed for me when I got back. I think, you know, me sort of taking a stand at work and expressing my burnout and applying for a leave of absence is what fueled big changes at work that I needed. So I think, you know, there was a lot more opportunity and appreciation at work after that. You know, I I was able to walk away from, you know, things in my life that just weren't serving me anymore. And I had, you know, the confidence to continue to build and venture out on my own. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, when you have like those those moments and you really take that time to to sit and listen to yourself and and understand like what's working, what's not working. I think it's brave to come back and make those changes rather than um, you know, the pattern of coming back and and just like grin and bearing it. You're like, okay, well, let, let me just look forward to the next trip then. You know, it's fine. I'll just, right. I'll just keep going. And yeah, and you get stuck in the cycle. But it's, it's great that you were able to face those, those head on and make some significant changes in your life to, to actually, you know, not run away from it. What was that when you, when did you start Elevate Your Escapes? Was that so after? I started, yeah, I started this year. So I was lucky enough that I, you know, had some downtime in my full-time job where, you know, sometimes I'm always working late. And I also um, took, a, took a step back from travel um, this year and have really enjoyed spending more time at home with family and friends. I'm the type of person that I always have to be doing something creative. I always, you know, I'm always on the go. And I became the go-to around travel with within a lot of my friends. You know, I've been to uh, almost 40 countries at this point and been to many US states, US cities. I'm always somewhere and people are always asking me for recommendations. I even had friends of friends asking me for recommendations just because they knew I was so well-traveled, but also the people that know me know that I'm a big planner and a big organizer. And if you know, there's something to do in a city that's a must, I'm I'm going to be there, right? And I'm going to know the best tip about how to do it and when to do it. So a lot of people were coming to me for travel advice. And then I started to think about the trips that I was planning for myself and for my friends. And, you know, I, I never would have imagined myself as a traveler. Is I don't know about you. Have you, you know, you're you're a younger woman. Have you ever hired a travel agent? I have not. Um, mostly because I I have gone on the same group trips through, through under thirty experiences. Um, that's kind of like my form of like letting someone else take control. <laughs> <laughs> but as much as that, I think because yeah, no, I have not uh, actually hired a travel agency, which is such an sure. interesting thing to think about. Yeah, yeah, neither had I. You know, I know we worked with a family friend many years ago and my mom and I went to Italy, but I think that was just totally different experience. You know, I had this, you know, all of these, all of the, uh, how do I put this? Misconceptions around travel agents, right? And, you know, I started to think about how I could monetize the trips I was already going on, how I could leverage discounts and relationships and partnerships. And it started with a cruise, uh, Virgin Voyages, 
I had gone for the first time in uh, November 2022. I was hooked. I had the most amazing time. It was so much fun. I went back then with five other friends the next time. And what I learned from other sailors is that not only can a travel agent help you with you know your planning, your scheduling, your bookings, but they also can add special perks like onboard credits and they know how to get you the best deals and you know special uh, loyalty features and things like that which i had no idea i was walking around the ship hearing people talk about their onboard credits and i said how do i get some because i didn't get any with my booking yeah so i learned that and you know i thought about it and when I came back, or even when I was still on the ship, you know, as usual, I had a lot of people asking me about the trip, which usually happens when when I go somewhere cool and, you know, I'm posting from a place or talking to my friends about it. So I did a lot of research into host agencies and mm-hmm. I found one, I evaluated it, I evaluated others, um, and actually one of my close friends that I've also met through our travel group had received an ad for a different host agency and he sent it to me and I kind of looked into them and you know I did I didn't think it was the right fit but then I found another host agency and I said you know what it's very low low entry point you know low cost why don't I sign up and see what happens it's $21 a month they have uh-huh. incredible learning experiences and and things. And once I started diving in, you know, it was just so much more work, but also (laughs) so much more interesting than I honestly thought it could be. So I have since March been testing and learning and, you know, trying to figure out where it makes sense to grow my business and where it might not make sense to to grow my business, right? And I Mm -hmm. personally don't think that a travel agent who has not been to the place that they are booking should be handling your booking. I really value the firsthand experiences mm-hmm. and really the know-how. I mean, yes, travel agents have amazing connections everywhere. They can ask other agents, they can do research, but I truly value firsthand experiences. And I had actually previously hired a woman um, when I planned that Greece-Spain trip. I came upon her online and she offered travel planning consultations. And Mm -hmm. it was, uh, I think, $99 for an hour where I talked to her about Mm -hmm. my interests and things. And she provided me with tips and tricks. And also, you know, coming out of pandemic, it was really, you know, a smart thing to do to talk to someone who is on the ground and knows what's open, what's not open, because yeah. you know, the, the research that we could do online at that point um, was yeah. all dated, right? You know, yeah. even simple things like a bag hold drop off place, you know, that would be closed that the internet would not say is closed, but it's closed. So I had that experience. It was, you know, probably the best hundred bucks I ever spent. So, you know, I really wanted to focus on places I've been. You know, I'm not trying to um, sell people, group packages that, you know, a a company just picks you up and takes you to the tourist sites and, you know, you're overpaying for it. That's, that's so not my style and not the travel experiences that I want to pass on to others. So, 
you know, since, since March, I have gained so many clients, you know, a lot through word of mouth, a lot through connections. And it's just been such a fulfilling experience for me. That's amazing that you can marry the, your passion for travel with something that you were naturally already doing and, and now share that with other people who, you know, may not want to do the research that, that you are able to do. I, I find it to be really fun um, to plan trips for others and help them with their itineraries. And I get so excited over the, t- the tips and tricks. You know, I was talking to someone the other day about uh, her and her boyfriend's trip to Paris. And I learned this tip from the local guide on my free walking tour. He told us exactly what time to line up for the Seine River cruise so that we would be on the cruise during sunset. We would turn and face Notre Dame at just the right point and then get back toward the Eiffel Tower at night. So you had daytime, sunset, nighttime. Um, He also told us that you could bring snacks and drinks on board. You would never think that you could do that on a river cruise. So there my friend and I were with all of our snacks already said I love food uh, eating her <laughs> exactly and our cheese you know it was it was yes. such a great experience that I learned that I'm so so excited to pass on to other people that's amazing and yeah so what type of trips have you planned so far for people yeah it's kind of all over the place honestly um you know I'm really focused on virgin voyages you know I'm super passionate about the brand I love it and I have a group going. Uh, we have 33 sailors in our group in January, and you know I never expected it to grow so big. Again, I've kind of become the go-to where I told some people about the sale. They barely asked questions. They said, "Sign me up. Where do I send my <laughs> wow. money?" Um, yeah. So you know, a lot of people are are you know wanting to do the things that I'm doing and really trust my recommendations. I've done that. Um, and then a lot of itinerary planning. So um, trips to all around Italy, uh, Florence, Rome, Venice. Um, I was just talking about France, Paris. I had another client who I was helping her with um, Madrid and a little bit of south of Spain. And these are all places that I've been and experienced myself and know the tips and tricks and even actually since 2019, I had been planning to start a blog, uh, didn't know where to start. So I kept such detailed notes about all of these places that I've been um, and even, you know, things that I would do differently the next time so that I could share that with my readers. So, you know, I didn't know the first thing about blogging. But this year I enrolled in a blogging course. I really took a big leap there because it was a very expensive course. But, you know, I decided that if I was going to do it, I should do it the right way. And since then I've started my blog and I'm you know, really excited about sharing that out as well. That's amazing. I love that you're making all these moves. Like you might not be sure how to do it, but it's like something's calling you. So you're, you're going for it and, and diving in. That's amazing. Uh, how do you, for the itinerary planning, uh, just given your experience, do you, I know that some travel agents will just like try to get you in, pack as many things as possible. And then you feel like you're exhausted at the end of the the trip. Like, how do you balance like making sure that people can see, you know, the the sites that would be really meaningful to them, but also uh, allowing them some time to to absorb that information? Yeah, that's a good question, and I think it really starts with getting to know my clients and their styles well. 
Um, that's not always to say that clients do know their own travel styles well. Um, you know, sometimes it's it's a little bit of a test and learn. Um, I'm one of those people that when I am somewhere, I am waking up early and getting out and being the first person at the site so that I can experience it and enjoy it and take my photos without, you know, thousands of people in them. So, you know, I'm a very go, go, go person. And I know that about myself. And I have personally traveled with people who were not on the same wavelength. And even, you know, sometimes when I am planning for um, friend groups or couples, there are people who have more energy than others or, you know, very different interests. One might be super into museums and the other maybe not. So, you know, I always ask a bunch of questions. You know, I try to make my clients feel as comfortable as possible with me so that even if they can share an anecdote about what they like, or didn't like about, you know, a past trip, we can, we can talk about that. But then I, I, you know, also curate itineraries that have the musts on them and then also an optional list, right? So, you know, thinking about how to travel around a city, what makes the most sense, right? Based on location or based on um, metro stations and where they sit or based on opening times, closing times, theater tickets, things like that. But I always add optional activities so that, you know, if if my clients do have more energy, they can participate in, in those things. And if they don't, you know, they have already seen those musts based on their interests. Yeah. And do you also plan for solo travelers? Uh, is there a percentage of your clientele that are solo female travelers? I do. So I would say right now, most of my clients are traveling with a partner. So, you know, they are usually planning further out to, you know, I think it's it's also a lot of women who know that, you know, in their situation, most of the planning is going to fall on them. So, you know, they seek my help with those recommendations to also make sure that things go smoothly on the trip. You know, I've planned some friend groups, bachelor, bachelorette parties are are becoming kind of big. And, you know, I think also being younger myself, I do tend to attract a younger client who might feel more comfortable with me. But I actually, I have clients of all ages, I think, especially in cruising, um, you know, sometimes the average age of someone who is really into a cruise and also Virgin is an elevated line. So it tends to be more expensive than the other lines. You know, it is it is um, a little bit of an older client, but I have worked with some solo females who you know, are really interested in my tips. And, you know, a lot of the times they are coming to me for different reasons. And I would say probably the number one reason is concerns about safety. You know, they want to know that, you know, a city is not only safe for them to navigate on their own, but how to do it, where to go, where not to go, where to stay, any recommendations around that. So, you know, I think that a lot of my clients just have different considerations and things in mind and have different reasons they reach out to me. That makes sense. And that is like the number one thing that I see a lot with solo female travels that people's concerns are, is it safe? How do I make sure I'm safe? And then the second one is um, being alone as well. (laughs) Um, So those are the two things that I'm always curious about as well. Um, How do you make it so that if you are recommending, you know, that you found, how do you like 
how do you understand whether someplace is safe or not when you're helping? That's a good question. And you can't because something bad can happen anywhere at any time. You know, I think that there's research that can be done around different cities, you know, to tell us which areas might be best for female solo travelers to stay in, what areas are best just generally for travelers to stay in. A lot of times, you know, that's close to the city centers and and attractions, which is also a great place for solo females to stay too, because, you know, they're close to the action and the sites and the restaurants that they want to go to. But, you know, I also think a lot of solo females will ask me for general safety tips, what it's like to navigate on your own in in different countries, um, how to take public transportation. I mean, that sort of seems second nature to me growing up in New York York, City, but it's not, it's not to a lot of other people, right? And going to a big city, like let's say a Paris can be, you know, sometimes overwhelming for others. And that's why they reach out for help. And, you know, that's, that's great because I think also what I love about being part of travel groups, especially women travel groups is that we are so um, helpful and friendly toward each other. And we've had such amazing experiences that we just want others to have these experiences safely. Yeah, that is, that is, I mean, you and I both have travel businesses for this reason is like sharing what we've learned and how it's changed us and and giving that and helping other women take those same steps themselves. And whether that's like researching, uh, helping them understand the safety aspect, I think it's all so super valuable. This has been so great. Thank you so much for sharing all the information I need to now look into maybe using travel agency services because there's so many things when you're researching and because I'm traveling full time, sometimes I just don't even have the mental energy to also do the research. So I think that like, regardless of where or what type of travel, um, there's always some some time in your life where you're not going to want to do that whole work. And so thank you for, for providing services to to help people with the research and all of those decision-making um, choices that you, you have to make while you're traveling. I have a few more questions that I ask all my guests. And I want to ask, where um, where have you met your most meaningful connection? So you mes- you mentioned um, there are still some that you uh, connect with now and have traveled with even. Um, what were those methods that you used and, and what resonated most with you and the, the friends that you still have today? Yeah, it, it's definitely been through the travel group that you know I've talked about and our, our local community. I've met some of my best friends through the group, um, you know, a lot of like-minded individuals, you know, I met you through the group, you meet, you know, people who are like-minded and have similar interests and similar passions. Um, and, you know, it's really been great to come together. And I've also just been able to meet others as I've been traveling, like I've mentioned um, you know, on, on food tours and at hostels. And, you know, it's really just been about putting myself out there and, you know, introducing myself to others and striking up conversation and not being scared or intimidating or shy. Yeah, that's that's a great tip. I, I definitely do all those things as well. And, and they've resulted in such amazing connections. Uh, even if you're not traveling, you can still connect with the people in the groups. And I find that it's even more 
fun reaching out, putting yourself out there before you go to a destination because you've already made contacts and have people there excited to meet you before you even land. And so that takes away the the other factor I was talking about where people are women are scared of going by themselves. And the secret is you're actually never by yourself when you're solo traveling if you put yourself out there. And going back into kind of like your your younger version of yourself when you first started traveling maybe that was in 2019 or maybe prior to that what is a question that you know you wish you would have asked your younger version of yourself sooner that at the start of your journey that you know when you had worked through it later in life it it made such a you know epiphany moment um, that that changed your trajectory I think it would be what are you so afraid of why not why not take that leap right because I wouldn't have had a good answer for that I didn't have you know something that was holding me back outside of just being nervous to try it for the first time that's great. Yeah. And you're going to be nervous about everything in life that's new, right? Like there's mm-hmm. a fears that could be associated with every decision that you've never made in, in the past. And so I, I love that question of like, what is it that you're actually afraid of and confronting the fact that the answer is, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And what would be one tip that you would give women who are considering traveling solo for the first time but are a bit hesitant? What would be just one negative advice that you would give them? Yeah, I again, I would say do your research, um, learn about different areas that you're visiting. But again, also don't be scared to put yourself out there. Seek recommendations from other people, whether they're other travelers or locals. That's amazing. Yes. Put yourself out there. Love that tip. And I want to close off with a a question on play. So how is play part of your life now? What do you do on a consistent basis that feels like play to you? This is a tough one. It could be something small. (laughs) Yeah. I think just, you know, being lighthearted with friends and, you know, having sort of these, these, what they call inside jokes you know, I was just thinking about one earlier when <laughs> we were in Bacalar, Mexico, and we were supposed to be getting on the bus and we jumped in the water because we wanted to. Um, but that will be like an ongoing joke that, you know, we have and a cherished memory that we have for years. It's amazing. Yeah. Laughter. Laughter is one of the play styles as well. So it sounds like you're you're getting your, your fix of play in with the laughter and the connections, the exploration, the community. It seems like a a thread that really runs through all of aspects of your life, which is beautiful to see. And thank you again so much for for being on. I've really enjoyed our conversation. I want to, I want you to share in what ways uh, the guests can reach out to you uh, if they have any questions about your services or, or any of the things that we talked about in this episode. Yes. So I've been building my blog and I would love for everyone to just read what I have to say and learn about the places I've been and you know, try to use it to plan your own travels. So my website is elevateyourescapes.com, which is the name of my business. And then I've also been working on Instagram and TikTok, soon to be Pinterest. So 
you know, it's it's been a lot since, you know, I started in March and, you know, can't do everything at the same time, but I'm <laughs> slowly growing there and would, would love um, more of a community. Yes, I'm, I'm excited. I'll share all of the links in the show notes um, so people can, can follow, add, read, all of the things. Um, it sounds like you have a wealth of resources. I was looking at your, your blog earlier as well. And so there's like a number of cities that I even haven't been to um, that I'm, I'm curious about. So definitely check out elevateyourescapes.com for anyone that's listening to the website. And again, thank you so much uh, for sharing your story. Thank you listeners for listening on this episode. I hope that it resonated with you in some way, shape or form. And yeah, see you all at the next adventure. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in to today's episode of the Travel Not to Escape podcast. I hope you found our conversation inspiring and insightful. And if you're ready to take the next step in your journey of self-discovery through intentional travel, I invite you to join our vibrant and supportive community of solo female travelers over on Facebook. Inside our community, you'll find like-minded women from all walks of life sharing their stories, experiences, and tips on how to make travel a transformative part of your life. It's a safe space to ask questions, seek advice, and find inspiration. To become a part of this incredible community, simply search for Travel Not to Escape on Facebook groups, or you can click the link in the episode description. I can't wait to welcome you into our tribe of fearless travelers. Remember, your journey of self-discovery begins with that first step. So don't hesitate. Join us today and let's embark on this adventure together. Until next time, keep exploring, connecting, and playing, and safe travels, navigators.